0: Welcome to The Shed. It's a much cooler shed this week and my hay fever seems to have uh, subsided for a very brief moment. So uh, let's hope that this podcast isn't quite as affected by those two things as last week's was. Anyway, what's been happening in the last week as as far as photography is concerned... Well, there seems to be a lot of stuff going on and being raised, issues being raised, concerning the sexual representation of children. Yet again, Magnum seem to be implicated in this story. It really does seem like a bad year for them, where they've, they've really got to get their act together and start listening. They're not responding to a lot of the points that are being raised, I should say. Also alongside uh, Magnum Getty Images are also being questioned around uh, a lot of the images that they're currently stocking and selling. I suppose really what this all comes down to is ethics. The ethics of of, of being a photographer, but intrinsically I have to say I, I, there's been a little bit of a call for the for the importance of teaching ethics to people, particularly on photography courses and Certainly that's something which I ensure is embedded in everything um, I do and, and the lecturers I work with, I know exact, are exactly the same. But what exactly do we mean by ethics? Well, I think there for me, it can be summed up in two words. Those two words are common decency. Over in America, the Biden-Harris uh, duo are fighting on the basis of decency. It's not about photography. It's about life. And I think being decent in life is a, is a pretty straightforward thing, really. That idea of, of empathy, of doing to others what you'd like done to yourself, and, and respect. And it's, it's been quite interesting. I, I've just come to the end of transcribing 87 contributors to this podcast, there. what does photography mean to me? And the key words that keep coming through in every uh, contribution are honour and responsibility and communication. These are what photography means to the photographers who very kindly contribute to the podcast every week. And I have to say, for me, Yes, that is what photography means, but also that's what life means. I have a responsibility in life. Uh, It's an honour to do what I do and to meet the people I meet. And communication is, is a key factor. I should add also some of the other key themes that come through are themes of family, which also obviously ties completely into that idea of ethics. And also the idea of the photographer's role in revealing stories that perhaps otherwise wouldn't be shared. Now, the idea of sexual sexual representation of children seems to me to be wrapped up in a whole load of stories that the photographers who are taking these images feel they're sharing these images. But the reality of course is that their ethics, I believe, are right out the window and really what they need to do is not just look at their photography, but take a look at themselves as human beings. One of the most decent and nicest people I've met over the last few years is the photographer Daniel Meadows. He's not somebody that was really on my radar prior to making the Bill J film that we made, uh, Do Not Bend, the uh, photographic life of Bill J. Something that if uh, you listen to previous podcasts, I used to mention quite a bit when the film was coming to conclusion. But it's now available for you to watch as a full-length documentary feature on YouTube. Just put in Bill J, Do Not Bend. Anyway, so I met Daniel and... um, sitting and talking with him, um, and it was a conversation rather than an interview, as I believe all good interviews should be. His uh, laconic attitude and his informed, uh, I suppose, view on the world of photography and life and his choice of language was so sophisticated and so engaging. He also has a, a shared love for Bob Dylan. So, There's no surprise that uh, after I met Daniel and after I filmed Daniel, uh, I would try to get him to come on to the podcast to describe what photography means to him. His initial response was that it wouldn't take more than two minutes. It's actually taken a little bit longer than that, and it's all the better for it. So anyway, who is Daniel Meadows? Well, he's an English photographer born in 1952. Meadows studied at Manchester Polytechnic and alongside, actually, uh, Martin Parr and uh, Brian Griffin, uh, along with another, a number of other photographers. Anyway, while a student, he was inspired by a lecture that Bill Jay gave, um, the same lecture, I should say, where Bill Jay uh, introduced uh, Martin Parr to the work of Tony Ray Jones, And he also introduced the work of Bill Brandt to Brian Griffin. So, while he was a student, as I say, he was inspired by this one-off lecture, and uh, Meadows went off and rented an old barber's shop in Manchester in 1972, inviting people to come into the free photographic shop to have their photographs taken for no charge. Inspired by what Jay had said about the uh, politician and photographer from the Victorian era, Benjamin Stone's travels around Britain. And for 14 months, uh, Meadows went off and uh, travelled around England in the free photographic omnibus. He, built a, well, he bought a bus and he, he built a dark room on the ground f- floor and he, he lived in the rest of the bus. Some of this work was published in Meadows' first book, Living Like This, in 1975. Meadows went on to photograph the north-west of England and factory records in the 1970s and in the 1980s to study the people of a middle-class London suburb of Bromley, somewhere I know very well. Uh, the latter published as nattering in paradise in 1983 david hearn the magnum photographer invited uh, meadows to uh, help teach the documentary photography course at newport college of art and design from 1994 He taught at the Cardiff School of Journalism, Media and Cultural Studies. And from 2001 to 2006, he was creative director of Capture Wales, a BBC Wales project. The Bodleian Libraries of the University of Oxford acquired his archive in March 2018. And in the autumn of 2019, the Bodleian celebrated the acquisition with an exhibition of Meadow's work, now and then, accompanied
1: by a book. What does photography mean to me? OK, Grant, I'm going to answer this question in three parts. Part one, Bill Brandt. Can it be a coincidence that you've asked me this question now? In May 2020... For whether you know it or not, this month marks precisely the 50th anniversary of the moment when I made up my mind to become a photographer. May 1970. I was 18 years old and up in London from the West Country, where I was completing my 10th year in boarding school. Yes, I'd been sent away as an eight-year-old, but I hadn't thrived and was filled with something far more furious than mere adolescent rage. Anyway, this was a school trip... And I was in my uniform. I went to the Hayward Gallery and I saw the Bill Brandt retrospective and it blew my socks off. Here I was, a D grade student, certain of only one thing, that I knew nothing. I knew no one working class. I knew no women, no one of colour. I'd never been in a factory. I'd never been in an office. As I say, nothing. But I was fizzing with curiosity. And here were the photographs of a man who'd taught himself about the world by using his camera like a passport to slip between the social classes. And as soon as I'd understood what he'd done, I knew that I wanted to do it, too. OK, part two. As someone who's been in documentary practice for half a century, I sometimes get asked to cough up my rules of engagement. So here they are. The brief version is... Always treat people as individuals, never as types. And read Let Us Now Praise Famous Men by James Agee and Walker Evans, because it's the Bible. Here's the longer version. 1. Know why you're doing your work, who you're doing it for, and where those represented by it can see it when it's finished. 2. Practice explaining what you do, including who benefits from it. Be clear and succinct. 3. When deciding your subject matter, research it on the ground and in books. Familiarise yourself with all the ways in which it has already been covered and begin work only if you think you can bring something new to it. 4. Once you've committed to a project, immerse yourself in it. Live close to it as close as you can and in a way that's sustainable. Nothing must be more important than your work. 5. Work by yourself and be disciplined. Do it for at least eight hours every day and do it as well as it can be done. 6. Make a habit of engaging with strangers, particularly with people whose opinions and attitudes are not your own. Be polite. Don't argue. Listen. Be curious and respectful. 7. Celebrate wonder. Eight, catalogue everything you produce as you go along. Nine, don't call yourself an artist. Ten, don't expect anyone to be interested in what you've done for at least 20 years. OK, and now here's the final part of my answer to your question. What does photography mean to me? Making photographs has taught me to learn only from the best, and just now because I've been looking at his new book, The Station, I'm inclined to think the best living British photographer is probably Chris Killip. His work always reminds me of what's required of a documentary photographer. Killip has self-belief, modesty, an enviable immersion in subject matter, and a dedicated focus. He shines not only because of his talent and complete technical grasp of the medium, but because his work is human brilliantly envisioned, uncompromising, yet utterly devoid of satire. He knows the names of the people in his pictures, he cares about them, he's engaged with them, he's on their side. While capable of irony, he's never ever cruel in his intent. He knows his place within the recent history of the medium, he's brave and he puts in the hours." The sacred thing at the heart of Killip's practice is his engagement with and responsibility towards the people who've entrusted him with their representation. That's what photography means to me too. And just maybe some of this is what I saw as being the possibilities of a career in documentary practice for myself when I turned up as a schoolboy at the Hayward Gallery and saw the Bill Brandt retrospective all those years ago.
0: Thank you, Daniel, for your contribution this week. And I think what we've just heard is a manifesto of ethics, a manifesto of photography ethics. Everything I was talking about there at the beginning of this episode put uh, forward with such clarity and conviction there by Daniel. I, I particularly like the, uh, the rule where it said don't call yourself an artist. I picked somebody up uh, just the uh, few days ago on social media who there's uh, a picture editor of a, of a magazine and uh, they put forward that they were looking for three artists to uh, review their work and I picked them up and said you know what, that's a very elitist uh, approach the moment you use that word you instantly alienate all of those photographers who choose not to use that term to describe what they do I have no problem with the, the choice of people doing it. Just personally, for me, the, the term photographer is just that much more accurate. It's also really interesting that someone like Daniel, whose work's been exhibited all around the world and in major galleries and appeared in books, does not feel that the word appro- is appropriate, the word artist is appropriate for what he does or, or for that of documentary photography. Maybe something to think about there. Anyway, uh, the idea of rules I, I find so interesting. Many years ago when I was an art director, I sort of started out um, thinking that it was important because I was taught the rules of editorial design. Um, And I thought that the rules were important, and they were. And the reason why they were important was that they were to be broken, and that by understanding those rules, you could actually push the medium forward, and you could do it on a basis of knowledge rather than just on a basis of hope. So without the rules, you don't have the structure, and they give you the knowledge of what you're doing and why. I certainly don't feel that Daniel's rules are rules that should be broken. I think, actually, they're rules that should be printed out as a poster. I might even do that. In fact, I think I will. And put on your wall and to, as a reminder of what it is that we're doing as photographers and why we're doing it. It's certainly a, a set of rules that I think some of the members of Magnum now could perhaps take on board and think about. As I said, having listened to 87 photographers over the last couple of weeks all telling me the same thing, I'm not by any means uh, suggesting here that photography itself is corrupt, as a lot of people are. Without doubt, there are a lot of bad apples in there, and there are problems that need to be dealt with. But it's always a bit dangerous to use too broad a brush to paint everybody into the same corner. Anyway, that's that's Daniel. And uh, if you aren't aware of his work, do check it out. You can actually still get copies of his original book from 1975 relatively cheaply on places like eBay. I know that's where I got my copy. So why not... uh, try and check that out you can also arrange to see his work at the Bodleian I think you can see that online let's hope that when we get to out of this Covid situation that we can once again hold a print in our hands by somebody like Daniel in a place such as the Bodleian or I hope the Victoria and Albert Museum still do that I know they used to anyway moving on Um, as I've said uh, a number of times I have been working on the uh, transcriptions of the contributions to make a book Uh, full details of that book being published will be coming up in future uh, episodes but just for now I can let you know that um It's currently being proofread. It should be printed mid-September and it should be on sale hopefully from uh, mid-late September onwards. The idea is that it's the perfect Christmas gift for anybody who's interested in photography and we're hoping to keep it around the £10 mark so it really isn't going to be a big investment. So I hope That also is showing a little bit of empathy for the financial situation a lot of you find yourselves uh, in at the moment. I'm certainly calling out a number of uh, initiatives, primarily what are being referred to as open calls and photo competitions at the moment, that seem to be uh, trying to make a claim on your wallet for the idea of very little return. I think that £10 for 87 photographers sharing their wisdom with you in a little book, and it's going to be a little book as well that you can take around with you, maybe even keep it in your camera bag. That's uh, hopefully not too big an ask. Anyway, uh, the hay fever has stayed off. The shed is still nice and cool, and uh, all seems good with the world. So I hope you're okay. I hope everything is... uh, is working out for you I know we've got challenging days ahead but don't forget that as a podcast we're always here for you and on Twitter we're always here for you so do please get in touch tell us what you think and engage in the conversation it'll be an empathetic conversation it'll be an open conversation and whatever happens please make sure you take care (laughs)